Hey everyone here and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We are doing a cover today. In fact a cover by the mighty Black Sabbath. Uh, Sabracadabra from Garage Inc. I'm sure you're familiar with this one. An absolutely rollicking ride. This show is myself and a guest going through every single song through Metallica's back catalogue. And today I think it's about episode 122 or something like that so go back through the archives you know check out all the old songs all the old lists all the interviews we've done and stuff like that if you want to hop on the show and discuss a song metallicapod at gmail.com is the best way to do that get in touch with me i will let you know what's available on this it's kind of weird actually i started off with this giant excel spreadsheet and i've just been chomping away at it time by time and now it just fills one screen so we're very close to the end but there are still some uh, some apertures some openings there so yeah hit me up metallicapod at gmail.com MetallicaPod as well on Twitter. Uh, you know, often we ask for feedback on the songs. We're reading those out towards the end and other news, affiliates, stuff like that. Uh, we are quickly approaching Twickenham. So with Twickenham, it's a bit kind of in the air exactly what's happening. But, you know, I might be doing something with the local Metallica chapter in London there. I know they have an event. But I just want to meet up. I want to meet up with as many Alpha Metallica listeners as I can. I will be outside Twickenham for around 2, 3 o'clock, something like that. I've got half a day off work. And, let, you know, let's grab some drinks. Let's let's uh, let's talk about how great I am and how awesome the show is and whatever. And if you hate it, I want to hear from you as well. So, yeah, uh, MetallicaBodyGemma.com is the best way to go. Patreon is there as well. You may have noticed I've started doing this video series exploring so what the second edition of that is on there now i'll probably put them like three or four days before i drop them on the main youtube channel so yeah if you want to go support go onto their itunes leave review all that sort of stuff but today is you know, my guest it's my favorite type of guest it's someone who also does a musical podcast a, a critical deep dive i mean as i say he's not only a giant sabbath fan in fact he does is it the only Black Sabbath podcast, Sabbath podcast? I think I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so <know>. far. <laughs> and, you know, I mention a lot of podcasts on this show. I think outside of the obvious metal at your podcast, I'll probably bigged up your podcast the most, Roy. So, oh, I mean, thanks, you know, in, I mean, that's an honor. Like, what? the whole reason I did it was because of you. And oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like, just seriously, like, oh. So happy to be here. No, yeah, it's great. It's great to have you. And I guess in lieu of like Amy Osborne or something, we couldn't get a more <laughs> fitting guest. So uh, yeah, right. Welcome to the show, man. I'm always playing second fiddle to Amy. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Are you going to do an Osborne show episode on your podcast? Actually, <laughs> it's a never. I'm right? thinking. Well, I've been told by some of my listeners that I should just spin it right into Ozzy. So yeah. there definitely have to be a series just episode by episode of that gong show <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean if you ever were to do a no more tears episode i would totally oh, be down for oh, that or yeah one of the jakey i mean that's a beauty of an album right oh i'm i'm a jakey guy myself yeah. like you know, fucking badlands all of it Whew. yeah okay. yeah yeah what's Cooks, that, man what's that jakey song of the second it's like slayer of giants or something like that giants just, off of Voodoo Highway? Or? Uh, no, it's off Ultimate Sin, I think. Oh, oh, oh I see, yeah. I yeah, it's called like Killer of Giants. I can't remember that. It's got oh, an okay. incredibly bitching guitar solo on there. But but yeah, right. guys. Ultimate Sin. Ultimate yeah, I Sin. have to dive deeper into Ultimate Sin for sure. I, I think, I think most people do. I think most people haven't really listened to that. But yeah, Sabbath. Sabbath bloody well, yeah, Sabbath bloody podcast, uh, guys. Again, put the links down below. Just looking at the channel now. I mean, you're up to the Eternal Idol, so you're far into right. the marshes. I mean, Sabra Sabra is way behind you at this point, right? <laughs> it is, but Sabbath bloody Sabbath is by far my favorite offering from them. Okay, I mean, that is it, man. Like, I'm an Aussie cat, and like the whole reason I wanted to do the podcast was really to get into the '80s stuff and the '90s stuff. So. 
it, the podcast at first was just kind of me just you know raving about the albums kind of comfort zone i was right in my wheelhouse but now it's getting a little bit more like the the drama behind the scenes is what i'm really getting into you know reading the books and really unpacking what was going on when they created these songs instead of just hearing the songs and being like oh it's not as good as master of reality or whatever i'm hearing them in context you know so i'm trying not to jump ahead too much trying to keep it like like the headless cross i plan on recording that episode this week so i've been listening to it like like mad but i'm trying to stay like you know in time with it really enjoy the journey enjoy the ride and just before we get onto Metallica properly then, you and Sabbath, I know you mentioned it on the show before, but just out of interest, clearly an ardent fan like millions of us are. Like, where, where did that begin? Oh, well, it actually, it began with my dad. Like, he loves early Sabbath. He had it all on vinyl. And when I was a little kid, like, before I could really even know how to turn on the speakers and listen to the thing, I would play with the, the vinyls. And... I don't know if you're familiar with their label, but it was the Vertigo label. So they have this kind of swirl logo that mm-hmm. they put actually on the, on the pressing itself. And it's kind of like a hypnotizing thing. So I used to just mess around with that. And my dad caught me messing around with it and he threw the headphones on me. Probably at too young of an age to really <laughs> <laughs> understand what was going on in War Pigs, understand the Vietnam War and all that yeah. stuff. But, uh, yeah, it just clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And my dad was great with like all the classic rock, Thin Lizzy, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because that's kind of the connection to this album. Like, it should, it's all of Sabbath's old, like, or sorry, Metallica's, like, old influences. You know, like, James grew up listening to Sabbath and stuff. Yeah, I think he crept into his brother's room and popped the headphones yeah, exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. I think he's told yeah. that story a few times and heard the opening reign of uh, the Black Sabbath, yeah. the eponymous album. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I, I'm an only child, so I don't have the older brother. So my dad had to take on that role as well. Yeah. So going through his records and stuff. But, yeah, like, that's pretty cool, that And you and Metallica then? Like, I mean, clearly you are into the band, but how, how deep are you yeah. into the band out of interest? Are you, like, a fanatic? Or are you, oh, are you, pretty, yeah. pretty deep, yeah. I'd say fanatical. I mean, <laughs> I listen to every one of your episodes and every one of my local podcasts. Like, you guys are just, like, you know, spawning that stuff in me and yeah, bringing it yeah, up yeah. before. Uh, I got into them around like 99 98 actually garage inc was probably the first one that i bought like new mm-hmm. um but previous to that the very first one i got was of course load and uh i got that second hand so somebody was like you and didn't right. dig it <laughs> traded it in at the local uh, video game store of all things so oh, right, right. like i want to get mario kart man <laughs> this crap <laughs> but anyway i got it and i loved it i loved the groove of it and uh, King Nothing especially, like mm-hmm. that just inspired me to pick up a bass too and everything like that. Um, but so from Load, I kind of got into the old stuff like through that, you know, that was my entry, which was a great entry. And this album that we're talking about today, Roger mm-hmm. Inc., is the perfect entry. I mean, come on, there's like, sonically, there's all like the, the eras of it because we, you know, with this too, you go back to kind of the old sound and yeah. that pulls you into those ride the lightning, kill them all kind of days and yeah, this is a great entry for the band. Yeah, I was when I was making the notes for this episode, I was kind of tracing it back to my experiences with Sabbath, particularly Sabbath Bloody Pod. Um, Sabbath, I always call it Sabbath Bloody Podcast <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, that's going to happen. I do it myself. I think that, that is some smart. Covering. That is some smart branding. But I remember <laughs> being. This would have been. I would have been fourteen, and we went on holiday to Canada. Went on this big driving holiday, and I bought three CDs at the start of the holiday. I bought Van Halen's Fifty One Fifty. 
Deep Purple's Machine Head and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath actually right, and yeah. became really <laughs> well acquainted with those records and then got into Garage Inc. subsequently from that maybe the same summer maybe a little bit after and I remember Sabbath Bloody Sabbath jumping out at me and yeah. just kind of you know knowing this song I, mean, I didn't know who the hell Budgie were I didn't know Nick Kate you know what I mean like, right, these yeah. are a little bit above my pay grade at the time hmm. so just being familiar with those and being excited and I almost have to, I weirdly have a memory of being on the school bus and listening to it. I don't know why I don't have this with any of Metallic song but for me <laughs> it's just that riff and you know the whole feel of the song you'll notice better than me but in the pantheon of like Sabbath Sabbathy songs it's very funky isn't it it's very very slick. it is uh, you're talking about Cyber Cadaver itself Sa- first, right? we gotta yeah. clear up that there are two songs in here but yeah, yeah. Cyber Cadaver has got kind of like a almost like a honky-tonk kind of vibe to it yeah. feels, very, like... feels very rainbow-esque oh yeah okay I could see that for sure yeah yeah, it's got like a bit of like an older kind of vibe to it, like older than seventies. You know, like mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of got like a saloon bar kind of feel. You know, totally. like you got um, Rick Wakeman plays keys on, yes. on the actual recording, and that's the only song that he plays on. He's from he's from Yes. Yeah, he is from Yes. He's from Yes. yes. And, uh, I mean, yeah, esteemed prog pianist. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't really play a proggy part. I mean, it's very like to me, it sounds. Like kind of honky tonk, you know, apparently, like bar music. Apparently, you know, he was of... paid in beer, according to a YouTube. Comment. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's who knows. Like yeah. music. <laughs> and uh, and the YouTube comment also said Sabracadabra is like Aramaic for like old magic or so. I don't know if you know any history about the song itself, Sabbath wise. I actually I came across somebody saying that. Yeah, was it old magic or strange magic? Something it... like that would make Something sense. Like yeah, that. there is this kind of incantry kind of vibe to it. You definitely feel like you're being put under a spell. So yeah, like, yep. I thought it was just a pun on like abracadabra. Yeah, you know, like a... yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> I didn't read into it too deep. But... <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, so getting into the Metallica version, then uh, you know, we begin with the riff itself coming in, and it is irresistible. It is tantalizing. Lars has some shakers in the corner. The, the second guitar <laughs> comes in on the top. The bass, you know, all trundles in. For me, though, the thing that I love about this song is how it becomes a little looser in the second part and the wow wow that bend as well and then it all comes back together into the riff it's just really exciting yeah it is and the, uh, you got to give it up for Lars on this one I mean he really catches kind of what Bill Ward does as a drummer which is more of a percussionist than a drummer he always says that I'm a percussionist right. not a drummer that's Bill Ward that says that mm-hmm. and I find that Lars like the tom work he does in there is great and I think that's what you're feeling when that it's kind of opening up even when that riff's playing and then of course, there's like the Bob Rock production on this, right? So you got the James in one ear, Kirk in the other. And like Kirk must have just got a big raging heart on when he heard they were covering stuff from this album because of the war. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it really is his wheelhouse. And, you know, yeah. vo- vocally, perhaps it's like, I'm sure this is a song that James sung in the mirror. Uh, before mm. Leather Charm and whatever. And God right. bless him, he tries to hit the notes. And I'm not saying he does a bad job of it, but, yeah. you, you know, something out of this world. Like, he kind of, he, there's a little bit of, like, that kind of kill em all warble to him where he's trying to hit. Because yeah. Ozzy does sing deceptively high on this song. He does, yeah. Like, Ozzy's got a certain range that's, it's it's natural for Ozzy, I think. Mm-hmm. And But it's hard for people to sing his songs. I mean, even, um, like, when Sabbath progressed and got different singers... It was hard to do justice to those Aussie songs. Yeah. Like Dio kind of takes the piss out of him a little bit, right, I think. Right. But, but, you know, like even getting into Tony Martin and stuff like that, yeah. like when they sing the, the Aussie songs, 
there's just there's some magic to his voice that mm-hmm. can't be captured. I kind of like the fact that James kind of owns it and makes it his own. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. And the, the song has a lot of momentum as well in the riffs, but then it also contracts and relaxes. You know, the someone and need me. The song slows down. The tides recede somewhat, and then we fire back in with the main riff. I mean, this isn't your typical kind of doomy stoner sabbath song like metallica kind of picked a bit of a wild card here i think with the cover they did and that's great like you know it's pretty much a given that when they're gonna do a big cover album like this they're gonna throw a sabbath song yeah. in there but uh, it's it's great that they did kind of a deep cut especially back when this was released i mean sabbath bloody sabbath has gained kind of notoriety as like a fucking cult classic now mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, going back to how you were talking about how you picked up, this is one of your three CDs when you were in Canada. Yeah. I, this, I think this was the only Sabbath CD that I had, like a, an actual copy of, and I bought it at a used store again. Um, but it, it's, it's funny how like, um, you, you'd expect them to do something like War Pigs or yeah. something off Paranoid. Psycho Nought or something like. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so, exactly. so Super Nought, sorry, Super Nought. Yeah. Uh, Super Nought, Psycho Nought. That just flew over my head. I was like, yeah. I, don't I, thought you were talk- I thought you were talking about the, the Psycho Man or whatever. But, yeah, just, oh, it's a rare B-side. If you haven't heard yeah. of it, you're not a true Sabbath fan. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You know? Psycho Nought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's not the expected one, you know? No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, talking about not the expected it morphs into a nub of Sabbath song in the middle. Uh, well, it morphs into National Acrobat, which is, you know, an, again, off Sabbath, right? That's off the yep. same record. Um, yeah, it is the second track, and then Sabracadabra is the fourth track. So it becomes a completely different song. And I have no clue why they don't acknowledge it in the title. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like they play a little bit of it. They play like two minutes of National Acrobat. They sing verses from it. It's like, I mean, you did a song called Merciful Fate. We had five Merciful Fate songs in it. You might yeah. as well call this song Black Sabbath or something. I don't, I don't Black really Sabbath know. Medley or yeah, whatever, Black Sabbath right? medley or, or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, bit, bit odd, isn't it? It is a bit odd, but it's it's funny because I used to think when I heard this comparing to the actual versions that they just didn't want to do the kind of funky, weird uh, Rick Wakeman thing because yeah. it, it's a little less heavy, sure. to say right. And so they they banged into another riff, but but the way that they transition is fantastic. Mm. I mean, Lars again. It really just leads this, right? Like the the way he just he, he commands the band through this journey, and almost like more so than James and those guys. <laughs> like Lars carries both these songs being t- together, and it just sounds like one song almost. You know? It do- yeah, it is completely seamless. You're right, and it, it makes me think that if Black Sabbath do they do medleys on stage at all? Do they ever done that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. for sure they do. Yeah, yeah, and it's usually the better songs. Too. <laughs> Super not. They'll always do like super not into like a big drum solo and nice. come out of that and play. They'll play like the Sabbath bully Sabbath breakdown mm-hmm. and yeah. There's usually a little section and it's usually around where the guitar solos and the drum solos are. You know when they go off wanking and stuff, but they throw in the riffs from the from the good songs there. And and National Acrobat feels a bit more in that traditional Sabbath vein. I mean the lyrics in particular. I am the world that hides the universal secret of all time. I mean, come on, that is, that is geezer. Like, it's yeah. just a, yeah, it's a straight up geezer LSD trip. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when Ozzy was asked about what the lyrics were about and everything, he said it was about wanking, <laughs> wanking into a handkerchief or something Destru- like that. Well, destruction of the about, empty spaces. I can kind of see what he means. Like, Yeah, trapped inside my embryonic cell. Yeah. It is actually about like 
Um, I, from what I can gather, I mean, I probably need to drop some acid and really right, right. listen to it, see what he's thinking. But it's about like how the sperms that didn't make it to the egg and like uh, they still okay. have these souls and the, does, does life really end when it's there? Like it's like very like you know mm-hmm. microscopic. Do you see, do you see any similarity between the National Acrobat riff and the Fade to Black bridge riff? Quite a lot of people say they've got a lot of DNA. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's tons of Sabbath riffs that are more direct than that. I find like Fairies Wear Boots does like the riot, uh, the um, For Whom the Bell Tolls that. It's like yeah, straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And you know especially thinking about this as like 1998 Metallica wanting to cover this. It's got all that swagger that in the riff, you know, and like Iomi's riffs just are full of swagger. I mean, I mean, it's kind of in the riff Lord championships at the end of time. It's going to be Iomi and Hetfield really, isn't it? The top table. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like, Iomi's got it on the vibrato, I think, but yeah. Uh, like Hetfield's right hand is just untouchable, right? Yeah, oh, there you go. They both have the best right hand because he's a lefty. So that, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I don't even know who else would be up there. I, I, maybe Tom Morello. I don't consider him on that league, but he has written a fuck ton of great riffs. Like, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, for what he did with the guitar, like he just yeah. he changed the game for sure. But uh, I'm always like, that's cool that you mentioned Tom Morello though, because you're not going the mom scene or that kind of well, yeah, like he's I, not really a riffer know. but yeah i don't yeah, really, really like yeah. those showy kind of guys that get paraded as like the best guitarists i mean there's a whole nother level to guitar that is like the songwriting and the composition mm-hmm. hadfield and iomi are just top of that game for sure yeah and you know of course these are going to feel similar because black sabbath are probably the most influential well they are the most influential heavy band of all time you know, all of these guys have professed their adoration to them over and over again. I don't know if you watched the anniversary show in 2011 of them playing this with Geezer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I got that. Yeah. yeah. So James actually does a little speech at the start, which I'll just play a quick clip from now, where, you know, he attests to what an influence they are. And there's a nice moment as well, just before they start, where Rob kind of heralds toward Geezer and he's like, this is this guy's my hero. This guy's Jason's hero. This guy's Cliff's hero. I mean, th- th- these guys are in the f- they're in the fabric of every fucking down pick. You know what I mean? They're just there. Absolutely, man. Yeah, they're there. The power of the riff compels them. <laughs> yeah, and and the, the the song you know transitions again really slickly back into the Sapracadabra, that kind of more jaunty element that they're getting into, and all in all, as a total package. Compare the two for me. Like, are there anything Metallica does better? What does Sabbath do better? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I would. I I really like that. I I came to the Sabbath stuff actually after hearing the Metallica one. To be honest, like, because Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, wasn't really on my radar with listening to it in my dad's collection and stuff like that. He didn't have it, so uh, I, there's definitely like, I I definitely gravitate towards the Sabbath stuff now in retrospect and, and thinking about it in context of when they wrote it. Actually, a funny thing, like, so Volume 4 was the album that was right before Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and the band just kind of burnt out. Like, that was like the height of their cocaine and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, they still continued to do cocaine, of course, but that was like the height of, like, just burning out on the road and everything. And Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is just known as this album that, like, when they went in to start it, they just felt like the well was dry and everybody just leaned on Iomi and he of course eventually delivered. It took them going into a haunted castle and working on the songs and everything 
like so when you hear this backstory of in the riffs like just kind of ooze that kind of like evil kind of like there's just something in the, those original Sabbath recordings that is of course not captured on Garage Inc. But but I love what they did with it. Like I love that they paid homage to it and took it in their own kind of direction, added their own sonic kind of stamp to it. But the sonic stamp that's on Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is just undeniable. It's an amazing album front to back. Yeah, yeah, it really, really is. And yeah, I, I do prefer the Sabbath version as well. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've been on the Wikipedia page, which is a list of all the cover versions of Sabbath songs. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Here that. It is ridiculously comprehensive. Every yeah. every single song has like five or six bullet points. Like it's just like it reminds me of when I once. St- I don't, are you familiar with Robot Wars? That's like the yeah, yeah remote control robot. The sort of British BBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But like, I remember, it was called something different in Canada. Yeah, was it called like Battlebots? I know that's mm-hmm. kind of you know might have yeah, gone by that. But but yeah. I mean, my point is uh, kind of erroneous <laughs> point. But I went on there once to just read about it or whatever, and this uh-huh. one robot had like ten thousand pe- words written about him, and all the battles <laughs> were broken down like play by play. I was like, who is reading this? Like, you well, know, this is the next podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. That is a, that is a rabbit hole there, but. <laughs> I mean, going on to this, uh, guys, check this out, by the way, this this list of uh, Sabbath cover songs, really interesting to read. So there's only been one other one other than Metallica, an American punk rock band called Head P.E. I've never actually heard of them. Oh, um, you don't know Head P.E.? No, I don't know. They're kind of like, well, they're like total like new metal kind of okay. era. So rappy kind of. Yeah, you know, well, they spelled hate, but but done really well actually. They're okay. they're really cool. Like that kind of, a, and especially their version of Sabbath Cadaver. I've heard that one. It's very like okay, okay, cool. Twisted. Yeah, it's cool. You should check it out. Yeah, I should have known they were new metal. They spelled H E D and then P E in capital letters. I mean, you know, it's well, really... yeah, people might actually because I think they kind of went beyond the new metal label. Right. You know, like I think they've got kind of an underground following and stuff. So maybe you know, Probably. maybe I'm. <laughs> <laughs> some headpiece yeah malign- maligning them yeah i mean there's a uh there's a greek tribute album as well called sabbath cadabra which is just all greek bands uh covering sabbath songs which is pretty cool this song has been played six times live so unlike a lot of the garage ink stuff it has got a little bit of an airing um it was last played at the anniversary shows we mentioned it was first played in toronto november 17th 1998 uh it's a live version of this is also on the die die my darling single as the b-side just before we get to the feedback from the listeners right any final thoughts on this track uh no just fantastic track um like i said like this whole album is amazing for getting into i love how like the the first disc kind of hits more classic rock stuff you got like a boc cover on there bob seger skinner thin lizzy like this was a great album that I could like show my dad the first disc and like get in on it. And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I'd show him the second disc and he'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just like a great memories with this song because of Metallica. And uh, yeah. And over on Twitter at Metallica pod, uh, just a few ones here for this cover. Fix is saying that he absolutely loves it. Nick saying one of my favorites and Ralph saying a great mashup of the Sab Sabracadabra and National Acrobat. I love how they seamlessly transition in and out of Acrobat in the middle section. The middle section is definitely the highlight for me. James's vocal performance is excellent on this one. The listener gets treated to a het ha ha, which is very true. That's right. And is yeah. a uh, is a glorious That's thing a to National behold. Acrobat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny cuz uh, Sabracadabra the like there's a whole end part where there's tons of ha-has and laughing like mm-hmm. ozzy does this weird thing where he's like ha 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 while the jingly keys are going it's really yeah. twisted and weird but 
had, had to get as high on that for sure. Did they uh, did, did they play Sabracadabra much? Do they? I mean, I know they're obviously not together anymore, but did they bring it out? Was it one of the ones they would play time to time? Yeah, it would be in the yeah, it was in the sets quite yeah. a bit. Uh, you know, like well into the the cycle afterwards and the sabotage cycle and everything. Okay, cool. Mm. So we'll close with a few quickfire questions. The first of which: What is your favorite Metallica song? Oh well, I have to say "Harvester of Sorrow." I think mm. or "Sorrows." <laughs> uh, like it, that has always been one that's just connected with me when I saw the um, "Year and a Half in the Life" and that Moscow performance. Yes. Like, how can you not? Like, with that imagery in your head, how can that not be one of your favorite songs? Just incredible. And um, yeah, it's that's that's always my favorite. Uh, but it goes between that sometimes uh my friend of misery creeps in there as well like that that song is just untouchable for me great choice yeah my friend of misery the four consecutive guitar instrumental breaks oh it's just a beautiful song yeah, yeah they were on one another, of the best yeah yeah compositionally on another level on the track what, what about album by the band well that's why that one comes in all the time because black album overall is definitely my yeah. wheelhouse i love that album yeah, yeah. Uh, just incredible i was listening to it yesterday actually on vinyl it annoys me. The vinyl's got like a double vinyl. I don't. I I, I yeah. don't like that. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're constantly flipping. But anyway, it, it's a fantastic album. I mean, sonically, the Black Album. It's at once both expansive and claustrophobic. I don't know how they achieve that. Oh, it's just incredible. Like the 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 drum tones are so like they're built for an arena, but then the songs are kind of like twisted and kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a fantastic offering. Like Bob Rock. He continued to do amazing stuff. I even like what he did on St. Anger. If I don't like the songs as much, but I yep. like the fact that he was able to like get in that zone with them, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You're and, right. Yeah. And- that, that's a zone I wouldn't want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> zone it as we're told. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have that tin can snare like in your ear. For, like, could you imagine? Yeah, I, I want to hear some Iomi riffs with some Saint Anger production. I think that would be the heaviest thing on earth, and, and maybe also the most, <laughs> most terrible. Well, Iomi's kind of gearing up. Well, he's been hinting at like doing a project with Brian May. Imagine mm. you get Bob Rock to produce that. <laughs> Damn, just yeah. Not well, the park. <laughs> you know, me and my um, me and my girlfriend actually recently were rewatching Gene Simmons' Rock School. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um. It's on YouTube. The the first. Sorry. The first. The first season's kind of crap because he goes to like a posh school and it's kind of ironic. The second season just goes to a rough and ready seaside school, and okay. uh, Iomi is in the last episode. He oh, comes cool. in and just plays some riffs with the kids. Yeah, you should check it out. It's like it's like ten minutes and it's really good actually. You know, there's a really really pally interactions and he. Yeah, you know, Iomi in his old age is uh, he's a lot more chill. That's for sure. I mean, like if you when you listen to my show. I kind of slag him quite a bit. I get a lot of shit from listeners actually about how much I slag Iomi as like a person because I, he's got some he's got some chips on his shoulders in the seventies oh, yeah. and the eighties. Um, but like, he's definitely like he's he's royalty and now he's just sweetheart. Oh yeah, and, and like he hasn't really ever aged. He's always kind of looked old. Like when when yeah. he looked, you know what I mean when he looked twenty one, he looks like he's sixty five. I can't quite explain it. Yeah, have you seen pictures of him during the Sabbath Bloody Sabbath? I, I, I haven't actually. It's the one time he's shaved his mustache and. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> straight up, he looks like a serial killer, more so than ever. <laughs> uh, uh, what about favorite member of the band? Uh, can I say Bob Rock? Wow, okay. No one has said <laughs> that before, but yeah, yeah he's, he, no. he's the fifth Beatle, as it were. Like, yeah. 
No, I'm going to actually say Lars, if we're talking about current members. Like, I was a huge Jason fan, of course, growing up and all that. But, but as far as, like, one that I'd want to hang out with me to pick his brain, like, yeah. Lars, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I love his drumming. Like, mm -hmm. people who slag him because he's, his double kick's a little sloppy, it's like, well, who cares, man? Like, the other stuff he's bringing, the, the way he finds the pocket in some of those songs, and the way he doesn't find the pocket and like purposely plays these weird patterns that just work with James's riffs. Like even some of that Lulu stuff, like I started diving into it since listening to your pod. Yeah. Um, like some of the stuff he's doing on there is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, he's really playing with like, you can tell he, he loves that there with Lou Reed, right? Like on those Lulu albums. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, feel his energy, like, you know. On, lot, on lots of songs as well. I think it's on um, pumping blood um, where, you know, he did almost like a guitar, drum solo with Lou's voice you know really yeah yeah, kind of being, yeah being that's quite... the one that's jumping out to me then yeah probably. yeah yeah, yeah. You guys covered this thing. i listened to it when you guys were talking about it. i was like oh, check that out yeah drum solo again and it, yeah it's, it's wild yeah i think we've upped lulu's stream count by at least five by doing this show <laughs> so that's 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 what i'm very uh most proud of what yeah what about what about seeing the band live i know you're seeing them in slain castle right yeah, I got my ticket for that uh, unforgiven package, so that'll be pretty sweet. Nice. Put my name in the hat for the snake pit and everything. Have yeah, you done that yet? I yeah, I entered today. I entered today. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah I've seen them twice before. Actually, I saw them uh, both. I think they were both. Well, two thousand three summer sanitarium mm -hmm. in Seattle. Okay, the, the sort of the new metal package tour was that. Yeah, that was very much new metal yeah. package. You had Deftones opening and. Yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, mm -hmm. uh, and then I saw them on the Saint Anger cycle as well, the Madly in Anger with the World in 2004 in Vancouver, which is where I'm. From. And how was the show? How was the band at that show? Oh, the, the Summer Sanitarium. I I was definitely burnt out by the end of that just because it was a big kind of festival. Yeah. Um, so I do appreciate the second show a lot more. Um, I remember them like they definitely played. Well, in Summer Sanitarium, they, I think they played Blackened and Battery. So, mm. like, we were just like, <laughs> yeah, we were done. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the second one was an arena show. It was in General Motors Place. So it was a difference between, you know, football stadium, Seahawks stadium, open open top to, like, a more arena vibe with little lights and stuff. So I prefer the arena because you get the, the sound better and everything, but... Both were amazing, and next I'm gonna see him in the fucking castle. So yeah, yeah, because they do they do one show a year, don't they? At Slane Castle, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, they do GNR was here. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Blue Fighters. Yeah, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's one of the most famous yeah, concerts. That's yeah, famous ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did the DVD of that one. I remember. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you too. I was think have done it. Fornication era. I like, don't think it was. I think it was by the way era. I yeah, by the way, okay. Slightly after, yeah. Which is a great album. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> album. Yeah, yeah, really good album. And, I mean, Stadium Arcadium's quite a good album, but it's that classic, like, you should have just made this a single disc. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's so much Frishanti wankery on there. As much as I like Frishanti <laughs> wankery, there's almost, yeah, there's too much on there. Um, yeah, it's a bit much. Final, final question. Now, obviously, this is a bit different for you because you do do a podcast about a band that you love. But is there any other bands, maybe in an alternate reality, that you'd be covering instead? Well, the funny thing is, I mean, the ones I always think about, they people have come up and done them. <laughs> like uh, Deep Purple was kind of my natural yep. next one that I wanted to kind of do. Um, there's a great Deep Purple podcast that's out now. There is, there uh, is, yeah. 
they're just fantastic. So they're and they're just getting into the real good stuff now. They they burn through the Mark One and they're into the Gill and stuff. So mm. that's going to just pick up. And then also Leonard Skinner. I wanted to kind of maybe do one of those. And then I saw my friend over there doing the Skinner Reconsidered Skinner, podcast, yeah. which is hilarious. It's a great little show. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So so outside of that, there's the obvious you and me getting together and doing fucking Finn Lizzy. Finn Lizzy podcast <laughs> needs to happen. Spring it does need to happen, man. Yeah. And I, I actually thought it might be cool to do kind of a more like documentary clip based version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had some trouble with like content rights with just the, the projects that I've tried to do. So that it's discourages me from really doing that, but yeah. I'd like to actually maybe go to the next level. And because I live in Dublin, there's so many connections around here. That might be a cool one to kind of chronicle like the ballad of Thin Lizzy, Damn. you know? Damn. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's a good idea. But maybe that's a big idea. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll, pro- I'll probably just be fucking Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm agoraphobic. I just like stay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, w- I will say for people who aren't necessarily aware of Roy's podcast as well, it's very different to the kind of standard musical podcast where you, you know you are going song by song. But one of the things I love is the mixed media element of it. You are getting the song clips where you're commentating over them. There's lots of clips of interviews with the band members and lots of readings from books, etc. And and yeah, a, a, a Lizzie one definitely. I think a Lizzie one it will be less song by song. It will maybe just be album by album, tour by tour. But going through the you know all the guitar players and all of phil's yeah. destructive habits and oh you know, just phil's story is like yeah amazing story itself you know like you could almost set the whole thing to like an irish kind of folk song that like you could do something really cool with it, have think. you um have you read cowboy song the recent biography of phil i haven't no yeah, it's very good very very yeah. good uh, graham yeah, i need to get some lizzie lit for sure i haven't read any books on them yeah there's a lot actually this is a there is huge yeah. amount yeah like i think as i said before Oops, when i did the influence uh of Finn Lizzy on Metallica yeah, episode. which was great yeah yeah P- people go check that out if they want more Lizzy stuff but like when, when I was a kid getting into like my dad would just play Finn Lizzy all the time and I didn't really know who they were and then I remember distinctly seeing Axl Rose rocking a Finn Lizzy shirt in like 92 in Tokyo and I was like are this band cool I was like do people know this band like you know and then yeah and then suddenly you realize kind of like obviously much less than Sabbath but I'm sure Hetfield and Ulrich regard Iomi and Liner as kind of similar you know tears yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess finally then, how do people get at you? Is there anything you'd like to promo? I mean, how do people access the podcast? That's on all platforms, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on Spotify there now too. Um, iTunes is probably the best one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm quite active on the Twitter. I try to yep. respond to everything that comes my way. Um, also, uh, you can email me at sabbathbloodypodcast at gmail.com. And my Twitter is sabbathbloodypc. Um, yeah. We're just having fun out there. Still, it's a great community got, that's that's, yeah. that's building, and it's it's it feels like a second wave of it now. You know, like more more pods are coming in that are specific. Like there's always been kind of rock pods. I know, mm-hmm. like when I first started listening to him, it was like Dean Del Rey was like the one, right? Like the that's big right. interview. Yeah, so, yeah, and you love him too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. love him. Yeah, but like you know, they're getting more into those kind of deep dives, and they're they're just fantastic to do. Even if you know the band inside out, it's great to just hear another side of it yeah yeah absolutely it's like i will i this sort of stuff like i love your podcast and anything that goes to that next level um are you I, familiar with pete pardo sea of tranquility on youtube 
No, no, so, no. Yeah, you definitely... you're, always, you're always telling me the YouTube guys. You're yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mentioned <laughs> uh, Metal Mythos to you, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Fantastic. He's great. Yeah. He, his Sabbath I burned through great. a bunch of his. Yeah. I went through his Dokken one. I've always like wondered yes. about Dokken. Yeah, his Dokken one was great. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like so passionate and hilarious. You know? Yeah, that's, yeah. I didn't even that's... realize about their '90s albums that you know George Lynch tried to sabotage their kind of grungy '97 record yeah. and. Yeah, it was eye opening, and um, but yeah, yeah, Lynch. Lynch is a real interesting cat. Like I wrote him off kind of because of stupid skull guitars and all that stuff. Like appearance wise, you're like, what the hell's going on with this guy? But yeah, his arc is pretty amazing. Yeah, he's a serious player as well. Oh like, yeah, he, absolutely. He was supposed yeah. to be Aussie's guy for a bit, wasn't he? I, I would assume so. I think, yeah, I think I think he, I think, <laughs> I think he said that on Dean Del Rey's. Probably sleep with Sharon so he couldn't get the gig. Or yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't Sharon seduce Randy Rhodes or try to? Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stories about that. Man, this, uh, there's yeah. talk about yeah, that's something that's something happened with Jakey Lee there too. And that's the reason he wasn't in it. And had nothing to do with Oz, you know. Like, that would, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll do an Aussie podcast. We'll dive into this. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure yeah. out. I want to hear that, and I want to hear all all the terrible like ninety Zach Wild albums that he did from like ninety five hey. onwards. <laughs> just like where Zach just ran out of riffs and just pitch pinch harmonics everything. <laughs> like I love yeah, Zach, but... Zach have you dove into his like Pride and Glory stuff though, man? I've yeah yeah insane. I've listened to that. Um, I, 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 there's uh, Mafia I've listened to a hell of a lot by Black Label Society, which I quite like. And the yeah, follow-up shot to hell, I think, which has that song in this river, is, is tribute to Dime. Oh, that oh, might, the, there might be a album yeah, there, that, actually. That might be on Mafia, or is it? No, it is. Is the last goodbye is on um, the the next album, which is which is right. essentially the same. He definitely gets into that piano ballad stuff later too. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to be in Guns N' Roses too. Could you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I can't. No, I mean I can. But I don't. I think. I think that's a, I, again. I, Him and Axel could do dueling oh pianos. My God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I just. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, Zach's back now, right? With Ozzy, he's. he's yeah, he is. He's his main gunner. Yeah. yeah, because they had that. What was his name? The guy from Firewind or Fireblood? Gus. Gus, Gus G. G. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's. Yeah. He's a slick player, yeah, but not not my style. That's for no, sure. That was but... a weird appointment, very weird appointment. But um, yeah, I'm sure we will chat again uh, about music in whatever capacity. Hopefully, in some Finn Lizzy podcast, maybe it's just uh, there's so there's so many guys out there as well. Like Scott Gorham, I just want to talk to him. He's like the loveliest man. Like, yeah. Because annoyingly, Lizzie are doing festival dates this year in the UK. Well, they're saying the UK. Well, they're playing in Wales, but they're only playing okay. in Wales. It's like, please, just do one. Why are you doing an Irish date first of all? Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, that doesn't make any it, sense. It, is like, it just is Gorham the only one who's still in it? Like, uh, it, it might, it might be Bell as well, the drummer. Okay, because I, because I, because I actually saw them in two thousand and six. Uh, when yeah. John Sykes was leading them with Scott Gorham, oh, yeah. and it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It was absolutely phenomenal. They just they just did every hit, hit after hit after hit after hit, and they closed with Dancing in the Moonlight, which is an interesting one to end on. But um, yeah, they did like Black Rose and Thunder and Lightning oh, and that was, album, Black Rose. Oh, Black Rose is the, that's the best Lizzie record I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, like and Gary Moore is just yeah, got the. the yeah. He's not. A, he's not a wanker. No, <laughs> no. Oh my god. No. no. Yeah. 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 He plays with some real verve. Like the closing yeah. solo to "Got to Give It Up" is one of my all-time favorite guitar solos. I think. I think I played it in full on the uh, Metallica Lizzie episode. But I mean, I mean, Lizzie's run really from. I. I mean, even like fighting and nightlife are pretty decent, but it's Jailbreak where they kind of you know get into full speed. 
Yeah, and Jailbreak's got that great kind of concept feel to each side. You know, it closes like the the A side closes with Warriors, and then the the grand finale Emeralds. Like, mm-hmm. and there's that storyline that feeds into the, the the album art and stuff. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Give it up over the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, you know, at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on and do a song, email me there. Patreon is available if you enjoy the show, you want to get back to show, you want to get access to episodes like this and the So What files and anything else I do will go on there first. iTunes, please leave us a review. What do we have coming up? Uh, we've got some good episodes coming up. So next week we have Sad But True, Seek and Destroy, then into Shoot Me Again, The Shorty Straw, then Sliver and The Small Hours and So What and Some Kind of Monster. So we've got a killer month coming up. Small Hours is still available, I believe. So get in touch with me there on gmail.com And Shoot Me Again's available. God, we've got some quite a lot of absences there. So yeah, hit me up there. Go check out Rye's brilliant Black Sabbath podcast. We'll put the links down below. Rye, thanks again, sir. Thanks a million, Tom. Mm-hmm.